You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. All right, so we all know that I'm a big fan of clutter-free living, and I talk a lot about decluttering. Having said that, I do not think that all decluttering advice is created equal. I think that there's a lot of bad advice out there when it comes to what to do with your things and how to go about decluttering. So that's what I wanna talk about today. What are some things that at very least aren't going to work in every situation and for every person, and at most might just really be bad decluttering advice. Be sure to check out my free masterclass where I share my holistic clutter formula. I share the link for that down in the description. Number one, only touch it once. I don't know about you. It's like, is anybody actually only touching their items once when they're decluttering? I definitely don't. Whenever I'm decluttering my clothes, I'm touching them multiple times as I move them into different piles. Sometimes I'm like trying them on my body before I make the decision as far as like whether I want to keep it or not. I don't necessarily think that it's very reasonable to only touch things once as you're going through your belongings, especially if you have a whole lot of belongings. Now, I understand the concept behind it, like the idea behind it, not to move it to another pile that you're later gonna have to go through. I think that's the intention behind it. And I do think that it's good to extract the intention behind some of these sayings without taking them so literally. I don't necessarily think that it's always realistic. Number two is to toss it. You know, like if you're not using it, toss it. Yes, there are some situations where things can't be reused, they can't be donated, they can't be sold or gift, like all of these other steps and tossing it is the best course of action. We definitely don't need to be donating things that are legitimately trash <laughs> that nobody is ever going to buy or to use. But there are a whole lot of steps that come before that. I mean, I've shared before about all the ways that you can discard things and I kind of see it as a pyramid of things that you should try first and very last is to trash it. So if you're listening to somebody and they're just saying, you know, toss it, toss it, this is essentially trash, you're not using it. I know a lot of people take issue with that and don't wanna be such a burden on the environment and don't wanna be so wasteful and I don't think that you have to be. There are, again, some things that need to be trashed but everything does not need to be tossed. Number three, declutter all at once. There are a lot of different theories and a lot of different methods that you can go about for getting the clutter out. I can see some benefits if you're really wanting to just invest an entire weekend, knock it all out, and you have the right amount of stuff that you're actually physically able to do that. I know most people probably can't. I don't see a reason to turn your entire home upside down for weeks at a time to go through a big Purge. If you want to do that again, that's great, but I don't necessarily think that it's the best decluttering advice. In fact, I've shared different ways that you can declutter organically and use bubbles of time throughout your day to declutter and actually save time and declutter faster in the process. So I would check out some of those other options that don't require you to pull everything out of its nested hiding place at once and to try to do a giant purge because again, that's not always realistic. Number four is display the things that you love. Like if you like it and if you're keeping it, then it should be display worthy. And I've found over the years that is definitely not the case. And even if things were display worthy, I don't necessarily think that it's a good thing to display them. I talk about visual clutter, but a lot of times when you just have a whole bunch of really good or nice things out on display, it can make things look cluttered, even if it's not clutter itself. Number five is to have the same number of dishes as people. 
We definitely don't have the same number of dishes as people, but we do have a method that works for us. I've shared before that my method here that works for us is to make sure that we have one dishwasher load worth of dishes and no more than that, right? So that keeps things from piling up all down the counters because if everything's gonna fit in one load, well, you're limited on how much that's gonna be. But to say that everybody gets exactly one plate or exactly one bowl, doesn't necessarily make sense and really isn't necessary. Now, if people wanna do that, and I know people who do, then that's great. But I definitely don't think that it needs to be some hard and fast rule that everybody should be following. What if somebody comes over to eat dinner with you, you don't have enough extra dishes? Or what if you break a bowl and all of a sudden that poor person just doesn't have anything to eat on? There are good points to having at least a little bit of extra from the exact number of people without having an abundance and having like an entire counter cabinet stacked full of plates and bowls. That's not necessary. We gotta find the happy balance, right? There's a level of enough that's different for each of us and that doesn't go into excess. Number six is to just buy it again. I've heard people say like, if it's under $20, then go ahead and discard it because if you ever need it, you can buy it again. Like if you think that you are legitimately gonna need something else soon, well then we're just kind of perpetuating this waste cycle, right? Buying things, discarding it so we're not storing it. Buying it again, discarding it so we're not storing it. First of all, I think that that's why a lot of people think that minimalism is for the privileged because so many people say, well, get rid of this and just buy it again when you need it. I think that that's bad decluttering advice. Number seven, bad decluttering advice for me is the whole idea of holding everything and seeing if it sparks joy. I know that that is like a hot topic. Some people live it and love it and uh, some people don't, like me. <laughs> when you're holding things, it's like you're looking for some kind of emotional connection and when you're focusing on something and looking for it, you tend to find it. And especially for people who are emotional collectors or emotional hoarders, that can really be a big stumbling block for them. And so again, maybe for some people that works great and that's kind of like a wonderful emotional release for them to see what sparks joy, but definitely not for everybody. For some people, it's gonna have the opposite effect. Number eight is the need to have an X-piece capsule wardrobe. I like the idea of a capsule wardrobe. I'm not somebody who wears a bunch of matchy outfits or, you know, like has pantsuits or things like that. I wear a lot of jeans and black pants that kind of go with everything anyway. So my wardrobe might not be a capsule wardrobe in the way that people think about it, but regardless, having a certain number of items in your clothes is just kind of an arbitrary thing, right? It might be good for setting a goal for yourself that you want to achieve and it can be fun, but I remember like when Courtney Carver came out with the whole 33 capsule wardrobe of 33 items that she wore for a month. And then all of a sudden everybody was like, okay, 33 items, that's how much my wardrobe needs to be. And then there are people who are like 50 items, that's the perfect number for a capsule wardrobe. All of that, again, it's just arbitrary numbers. It doesn't matter. Your life is not gonna be any more enhanced if you get 50 versus 55 or 63 or like any other number. Number nine is don't bother selling. Don't waste your time trying to sell things. In some cases that is true, I think that it's great to have some kind of timeline on that, like give yourself a limit to how long you're gonna wait to see if something sells. Don't just leave it there indefinitely. For me, a lot of times I'll put a price limit on it. Like 
if it's something that's under $20, then maybe it's not worth my time to post. I have posted things that I sold for $5 or $10 or even free. I've posted my decluttered clothes and my daughter's decluttered clothes for free. And there were so much interest. Like I had so many messages about those things. They were gone in a day. There are benefits. Even if I wasn't getting money out of it, I was keeping those things out of a landfill, right? I was giving them to somebody who wanted to use them enough that they were willing to come to my house and pick them up, which can't be said for donating. Sometimes you donate things and you don't know if it's going to end up in the landfill or if anybody's ever going to buy it. So I think that there's value in even putting things up for free for that reason. I've made hundreds and sometimes even thousands of dollars in a year off of the belongings that I've sold that I didn't need anymore. So there is some value in it. I've even been able to sell an old couch and furniture from my living room and use that money to immediately buy a new couch, which is the couch that we have now. Number 10, if you haven't used it in a few months, let it go. We all know that there are things that are seasonal. So I don't think that that's a hard and fast rule that we need to stick to. And it may not necessarily be things like holiday decor. It could be like go-kart supplies when you really are only able to ride your go-kart in the spring and summer or something like that. You know, there are just certain items that we don't necessarily use in a six month period of time. And so that hard and fast rule shouldn't be quite so hard and fast. Again, I think that taking the intention and kind of using the foundation of that concept, am I using something? Thing and giving yourself some kind of a timeline to base that on is a good thing, but it's not something that we all need to die hard commit to. Number 11, never buy bulk. I am not a big bulk person. I don't even have a Costco card, but there are certain things that I do buy in bulk. If I know that I'm gonna need them, maybe the store runs out of them pretty regularly, like my breakfast kind bars. Every time I go to the store, they're out of the almond butter. I shouldn't even say that because now people are gonna start trying the almond butter and we're already running so low. But if I find some, I'll buy like three or four boxes of those bad boys and I will definitely eat them. So I think that when it comes to supplies and stocking up like that, it really just depends on, again, how much are you actually gonna use? We don't buy one package of diapers at a time because it feels wasteful when you could get more for less and save yourself an extra trip to the store, which is saving gas and packaging and like all of the things. You just have to make that balancing decision for yourself. Number 12, just donate it. Kind of like the just toss it. Not everything could be donated and not everything should be donated. The the trash bill for these donation centers is incredibly high and people get really offended when they go to donate something and they're told we don't take those as donations or we don't need any more of those. But you don't know the expense that goes behind that and the waste that goes behind all of that. Sometimes actually trashing is a better option than donating. There are lots of things that you can do with recycling, but not everything can and should be donated. Be realistic about your donations. The whole idea of one man's trash is another man's treasure that is not a hard and fast rule to live by. Sometimes your trash is just trash. Number 13 is to keep a maybe box. This works for some people. I've heard other people say that they do keep a maybe box in the garage. To me, that just sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. Like you're just gonna have a big junk box probably at the end of the year of things that you might have wanted to keep and might not have wanted to keep and now you're storing it instead. For some people, that may be great. I've never actually used a maybe box. It doesn't make sense to me to store a box of things that I wanna keep, but I don't wanna keep I don't know. I keep a donation bag in play at all times. I've shared that before. I actually have one for electronics because you can take those to a different place. And then I have one that's for everything else, clothes and houseware and all that stuff. I don't take it to the donation until that bag is full, which means that when I find something that I wanna donate or I don't want anymore and I put it in that donation bag, 
Well, I've got until the bag is full to change my mind about that. So I guess in a sense, maybe I'm kind of using that as a potential maybe bag, but that's not its intent. I'm not sticking things there to see if I want them later. Number 14 is everything that you own should be at 100%, meaning it should be absolutely not damaged. You should be 100% in love with it. You know, it should be just perfect items only. And I don't think that that's realistic. There have been many items like sleep shirts that I held on to because I really enjoyed them. And yeah, they had stains in them and had holes in them and maybe even a few threads coming off, but I enjoyed that shirt and I didn't have an overabundance of things in that drawer anyway. So there was no reason for me to just donate it because it wasn't in 100% condition. There's really no reason to contribute to waste if you are actively enjoying and getting use out of something. Now, if you hate it and it's bothering you every day and it's one of those things that I like to call energy blocks because it just frustrates you and puts a hiccup in your day every time you come into contact with it, that's a whole different story. And number 15 is to declutter the community rooms first. The entryway or the kitchen or the living room, places where people are gonna be regularly seeing it or hanging out. I personally feel like the best transformations happen from the inside out and that you should start with the place that's gonna be the most personally influential and related to you. And for most people, that's their bedroom. So I'm a huge fan of making your bedroom just the most optimal suite you can think of, the place that makes you feel rested and full and happy to wake up and find ease in your morning process because you know where your clothes are and you're able to get dressed without it being a whole stressful process. You know, I think that those changes and those actions that you can make on your own personal space first really just brings momentum and brings clarity to the rest of your home. So I'm not a huge fan of just starting in places that are gonna benefit everybody else who comes by. And what I've seen happen a lot of times is people will declutter things like their living room and they'll end up moving some of that stuff to their bedroom because that's out of sight, out of mind. It's like a de facto storage area. And I hate that because your bedroom really should be your sanctuary within a sanctuary. So that's it, that's what I feel are 15 Bad pieces of decluttering advice, or at least misguided pieces of decluttering advice. Do what you will with that, and I'll chat with you next week.